Hello and welcome to Starting Over with Shannon. This is a podcast about fresh starts, new chapters and embracing change and challenge to become a better version of ourselves and create a better world around us. I'm your host Shannon Jenkins and every week I'll be bringing you a different starting over story with tips on how to conquer life's difficulties to find greater joy, meaning and purpose. everyone and welcome to another episode of Starting Over with Shannon. On the agenda today is a solo episode on the topic of shadow work. What is it and three reasons why in my opinion you should absolutely do this. So this episode has been motivated by what has been honestly one of the most insightful, enriching and profound experiences I have ever had in my life. For the whole of last week, so seven full days one level felt like 21, another level felt like two days, but it it was pretty intense. I was on this self-development spiritual retreat in the south of France, which was led by Anna Rodriguez and the Présence Assois team, who I had also previously done a retreat with back in March. So if this episode does appeal to you, you might also be interested in my previous one on my reflections on defense mechanisms and healing and all of what we explored there. But the focus I really wanted to draw on today was this shadow work, which was a lot of what we explored through there. So the topic or the theme overall of this retreat was how we can embrace our shadow side as well as our light and how we can get to grips with emotions like fear, shame, and old memories hidden in the recesses of our bodies, places that we quite frankly, rarely go alone unless we're forced to by life's events. And the premise was that the more we are able to be authentic with our wounds, to acknowledge them and to accompany them with our hearts, the more they leave room for the qualities of our being that so desire to manifest. And so I spent these seven days, morning until night, participating in numerous workshops that I think if somebody told me I would be doing a year ago, I just would have laughed their ass right out of the door. But lo and behold, there I was getting bloody naked in front of other people, pouring my heart and soul out, dancing, laughing, crying, shouting. And you know what? I have got to say I am pretty damn proud of myself for courageously facing all my crap, basically, and uh, continuing to do this consciousness work. And I'm also exceedingly grateful for the quality of the leaders and assistants there because they had such knowledge and wisdom and compassion and non-judgment and they just held such space for us all to reveal and gently explore the most vulnerable parts of ourselves that we often don't want to share with others. I'm reminded of a speech that Oprah Winfrey gave at Stanford Business School all about to what she attributes her success. And her response was this, my being fuels my doing. I come from a grounded, centered and focused place with also a willingness to understand and to be understood, to connect. The secret to the success of the Oprah Winfrey show for 25 years was that people could see themselves in me all over the world. And the secret to my continued success 
is that I have done and I continue to do to this day the consciousness work, the work to stay awake and become the highest, truest version of myself, just like you are seeking to. This profoundly touched me and it also left me with that sort of epiphany, you know, that feeling when you're like, ah, that is just so true, so right. I fully agree with her and I think we are all seeking to become the highest, truest version of ourselves. But that highest, truest version of ourself also entails looking at the lowest, the deepest, the darkest, the hardest places along the way. So in this episode, while I illustrate concepts using my own examples, my hope is that you find yourself in this as well and that you are left with a feeling of courage and inspiration and most importantly, a feeling that you are not alone. You are not weird or different in some bizarre way. You are simply human in all of your love and all of your light and all of your shadows too. So what is shadow work? Let's go right in. Well, first I want to start with a quote by Carl Jung, the famous Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst who popularized what we now know as shadow work. And he said, quote, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. I love this quote. Like, why? Because I think it reflects such an important reality. And that reality is that our subconscious controls so much of our lives and we're just not aware of it. And we often think that life is happening to us, hence the we call it fate part of the quote. But in reality, we are creating and attracting people, events, circumstances, and so forth based on our own often subconscious beliefs and parts of our personality. And this continues to be the case until we become conscious of what is unconscious in us. So simply stated, shadow work is the practice of understanding the parts of oneself, of ourselves that we deny, that we are not conscious of. So for instance, if you take a moment now to just reflect on the words or your experience of shame or fear, what do they bring up for you? Is there some aspect of yourself that you'd rather not think about or a part of you that you would prefer to hide from others? You know, those parts of you that might use incognito mode on Google. (laughs) These questions will likely lead you to your shadow and it is usually an uncomfortable place, but within it lies some of the hardest and in my view, the most worthwhile inner work that we can do. It is profound and it just gives us some of the deepest layers of spiritual healing. You know, I was thinking it's often anecdotally suggested that our number one fear is public speaking. Oh, I just can't get up and talk in front of people. But I'd actually argue that truly facing ourselves really, really deeply, truly, honestly facing ourselves is actually one of the greatest fears we have. If you just like think about it, we spend countless hours trying to distract ourselves from our shadow self and the pain and the shame and the fear that we are too afraid to feel. We procrastinate, we self-medicate to self-soothe, whether that be with drugs or alcohol or food. We numb ourselves with gambling, with porn, with video games, the list goes on. 
And at its core, so much of this stems from the shadow self that we are not ready, willing, or able to witness. But the trouble is, this shadow self does exist, and it does inevitably impact our lives, whether we choose to see it or not. As for my example, I I mean, I knew that there was shame, pain, and fear lurking under the surface, and I knew that it was manifesting in some self-sabotaging behaviors, particularly perfectionism, procrastination, but I wasn't willing to fully open my eyes to it until life like grabbed me by the shoulders and gave me a great big metaphorical shake. That shake came at first in the form of a narcissistic sociopath seemingly hell-bent on breaking me down. And, you know, some of you might be familiar with me mentioning this before, as I often have drawn on this example in my podcast, on my Instagram and so forth. But I recall the first time I went to see a psychologist about this wonderful, amazing relationship that had suddenly turned sour. And the psychologist's main question for me was, and what made you choose a relationship like this? And that question, and of course, many others over the years to come led me to my shadow self So just remember, you know, that quote that I said from the start, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. I didn't know, I wasn't aware of the decisions I was making of my patterns of behavior and what that that led me to, what what life that led me to create for myself. But one thing I do really want to exemplify to all those listening, including myself, (laughs) is that this shadow is not a flaw. It is not a mistake. It is a natural part of who we are. And even if we often do not think that, especially with the heavy feeling of shame, because that's the very part of where we think, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving of this or that. And that shame feeds off of secrecy and silence, judgment, and that belief that we are alone. But as human beings, as much as we have the capacity for abundant love, joy, kindness, compassion, we also have the capacity for greed, selfishness, manipulation, narcissism, jealousy, lust, so on. And I don't know about you, but I do not know anyone who hasn't expressed or manifested these parts of themselves at different stages in their life, even if we would characterize them as quote-unquote good people overall. But what I'd like to caution here first is saying Sometimes we think of shadow work, and this was indeed my first impression too, as being something dark and nasty, even sinister because of the term shadow, but it actually isn't this, necessarily at least, because one of the realities is that we have a survival mechanism that is very strong, which is that we need love. We are born into this world as dependent little creatures who need to rely on somebody else for our love and nurturing. And indeed, everyone, there isn't one dominant moral compass. We all have different ideas of how we should be and act in the world. And of course, that's going to influence who we end up becoming and the personalities we form and the underlying beliefs that we have. So I'm going to go on to exemplify this a little bit later with a specific example, but I just want you to hold on to the idea right now that shadow self doesn't necessarily mean this inherently bad, malevolent part of you. And shadow work at its heart is 
about developing self-awareness of these parts of ourselves and what effects they produce in our lives and then moving towards a place of integration and self-acceptance and and self-compassion ultimately too. So what are the benefits that we can derive from doing this shadow work? Like why would we want to subject ourselves to facing our shit basically when that is not very comfortable? First point I would like to make is that shadow repression can have negative consequences and so often serious negative consequences too. When we turn a blind eye to this part of ourselves, it does not mean that it doesn't exist. It will show up and most noticeably so when you are triggered in some way. And it could lead to a whole variety of adverse consequences like self-loathing or poor self-esteem, self-deceit, deceiving others, anxiety, depression, struggling to have healthy relationships with others, self-sabotage and inflated ego, the list goes on. But instead of seeing your triggers as these negative things that should be avoided or we should heavily criticize ourselves for, see them as the wise teachers that they are. You know, Carl Jung, so the founder of this shadow work, as I stated before, he says, everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves. At least that's a pleasant way to think about this, right? About irritation. But I mean, in essence, this irritation often that often emerges is a reflection of parts of ourselves that we find unlikable or unlovable. So if you ask yourself now, and you think about a person perhaps you don't particularly like in some way, ask yourself, what is it about that person that I don't like? And do I have, or do you have any of those traits yourself sometimes? So I'll give you an example that recently showed up for me quite distinctly during this retreat, actually, and of course at different moments of my life. But I noticed that I was feeling irritated by what I perceived to be somebody else's weakness. Now, this wasn't all the time because, of course, like there were moments of you know, very open, compassionate vulnerability, and I did feel very loving and I had a lot of empathy, but then there were those moments where I was triggered and this was basically a projection of what I was feeling inside. Oh, this is frustrating me to no end that this person is weak. But what did that irritation showed me? It literally pointed me towards the denial of my own weakness, which is present. And my own fears around what it means to be hurt when I'm vulnerable you know, I realized I built up an armor around myself over years that acted as an anesthesia to pain, which was trying to protect what is actually a very soft and sensitive core. And that has shown up in various ways. For instance, wanting to have a physically strong body or cutting myself off from my emotions when they're too hard to handle. And in truth, I'm probably still working out the whole narrative around that and the reasons why I don't want to be so-called weak. But I know underneath all of this is a denial of fear from a lack of stability and security in my childhood. But this has produced very real negative consequences in my life, even if at given moments my armored up defense mechanism has actually protected me. 
So the obvious thing that comes to mind here is that I chose to partner up and have a child with somebody narcissistic who presented as strong, who appeased that part of me, I guess, that was on a very deep level wanting stability and security and protection probably too. But the person that I chose was not actually able to love me in a respectful and nourishing way. So for me, during some of these workshops, visiting my shadow self, that actually meant facing that feeling of fear, insecurity, like opening myself up to that and with curiosity and compassion. And, you know, the beautiful thing was that I really felt myself physically and emotionally opening, blossoming even. And it was just such a pleasant experience. Which leads me on to the second reason as to why I think we should engage in shadow work. And that is namely because you will likely experience this feeling of wholeness, a feeling of more complete integration, confidence, harmony, and authenticity. Now, I know that this might sound completely wishy-washy and true. It is largely anecdotal with a quick Google of, is it normal to feel this or, you know, you know, one of those kinds of Googles, but this is without question, the dominant feeling that I have after this seven day period full of workshops to explore this heavier side of myself. And you know what? I feel so good. Like I am, you know, I have come back and it was heavy. It was difficult to process a lot. I did have to get raw and vulnerable in front of often people I didn't know. Um, but my heart open and I just feel so much more connected, so much more grounded. And yeah, with this dominant feeling of wholeness that is really pleasant and sex on return is also pretty good. <laughs> so that's a nice win too. But I mean, I feel like so much of the time when we talk about doing the work, you know, this consciousness work, it's perceived as an, an arduous mountain to surmount. And, and maybe it is on some level, but I also think that the journey is really special and there are so many moments of bliss, joy, understanding, love. And I really want to bring a motivational voice here that inspires and encourages you to proceed. So a standout experience for me during this retreat, and I'm not going to go into heavy specific examples here, I guess personally on some level, but also like last time, I know some of you actually want to participate on this retreat and we don't often talk about the specifics because we don't want to create a mental story in anticipation of what could be experienced. But there was uh, one instance, one workshop where we got into small groups of three or four. We had uh, our psychologist as an assistant who accompanied us as we revealed and connected to the underlying emotions surrounding a secret so a secret that we either hadn't told anyone before or a very limited number of people. And we often had a lot of shame that we carried around it. And this was one of the hardest, but the most healing things that we did in my opinion. And for me, I shared something with these three people that I previously hadn't opened up about at all relating to an abuse in my past. And it was so liberating. Liberating in a sense that I realized I carried emotional weight without ever being cognizant of how heavy that actually was to carry. 
And also because I realized that we all have these stories in one form or another. You know, we all make mistakes. We all act foolishly. We all have humiliating experiences that hurt us or made us feel less than. It is just a fundamental part of the human experience. It's inescapable. And I realized that the more we actually share this with others, of course, environment is important here too, but the more that we share this with others, the more that we know this to be true and the more we feel in unity. It's just that we often don't share these things. We keep these things in the dark. We keep these things in the shadows, so to speak. So we don't have that feeling of openness and love and authenticity that could so emerge if we dared to open. You know, for so many years, I had intellectually understood that there were effects to abuse I had experienced in my childhood. And, you know, I did see some of the ramifications in my emotional regulation, my personal choices, my behavior. But I don't think until one of these workshops, I realized the extent to which I actually loathed myself, despite on the surface seeming like a confident person. And that was really, really difficult to face. You know, on some level, I felt like I'm regularly talking about the importance of self-compassion and self-love and incorporating practices like that into our lives. And I do stand by that. I do think it's true. I do think it's important. However, I think to have this feeling of wholeness and true, deep, and probably enduring also self-love it's not a quick win. It's not a box to tick. It's not giving yourself a massage when your muscles hurt or going to bed early at night. Those things matter. But I think for me, it was that I really needed to visit that part of me that detested myself, that felt ashamed, that felt not enough, unworthy, the place from which I know I self-sabotage, the place from which I know I fiercely criticize myself the place from which I know I close myself to love with people I actually really do want to love and want to receive love from. And it was so real. And, you know, I spent at least 20 minutes crying and shouting and hitting a mattress with a whip. I mean, you might go, okay, this is going a bit out there, but it, it was, it was really beautiful actually. And all the while I was being accompanied by a professional and other compassionate people who were also opening themselves up in such a vulnerability and allowing themselves to express things that they had kept hidden within for such a long time. And I learned through that whole process that that was exactly the place that I needed to bring love and light to the exact place to liberate and to be able to blossom and live a more joyful and peaceful life. And I know many of you listening will be resonating with this because when I asked you about emotions that you did not allow yourself to feel, anger and shame were the ones that came up significantly. And many of you shared some stories around those emotions with me as well. And they're emotions that I myself have often avoided feeling because they're difficult, right? But being in a space that allowed me to explore that with compassion was so, so helpful. So even though, you know, a little bit of research has told me here that a common approach to doing shadow work is through what's known as the Socratic method. So this is the process of asking objective questions 
back and forth with somebody else that encourages critical thinking and uh, a revisitation or re-examination of beliefs that we have of ourselves, old narratives we tell ourselves. In my view, I actually really benefited from disconnecting from the mental and opening up to what had been stored in my body. This was all of the somatic work, all of the physical. You know, I was lashing out with this whip on a mattress and it was strange because I think a lot of the time I I have got so many thoughts running through my head about things that I have lived through, thoughts about myself, usually self-critical. But in that moment, it felt like just a physical release and I felt what the anger was like, the heat rushing up into my face and I let it go. And the thing is, is that I felt like I hit that point where I gave it everything. And then afterwards I was flooded with calm. Actually, there was some aspect of a shame linked to, because I think I was sad on some level about the, the extent to which I had hurt myself over the years. And you know, even just through my own mental dialogue, which I know many of us, many of us do, but I think that really stood out to me as a physical representation of what was actually going on inside my mind. And I think having those kinds of experiences, I mean, I know that I'm never going to forget that because I processed so much and I really have this feeling now of at least an increased sense of freedom and openness and it, and it's very lovely the last reason I think that oh, I would encourage you at least to consider doing some of this shadow work is because you will have an increased feeling of compassion towards yourself and others. And I believe that you will be able to step into self-actualization. So as I mentioned in the beginning, one of the big misconceptions around shadow work is that this shadow is negative and dark or sinister and that it is only negative aspects of ourselves that are contained in the shadow. But like I said, this isn't true. There can actually be a lot of positives. And this is especially true for people who struggle with shame and low self-esteem and something that I would place myself in too. So just as an example, let's say that a young girl was confident, extroverted, opinionated, sure of what she wanted, but she was born into a family whose beliefs were predominantly that women should be passive, obedient, seen, but not heard. That little girl could then reject or suppress those aspects of herself that do not align with the expectations of those from whom she is seeking love. So therefore, out of survival, she becomes quiet, sweet, submissive in exchange for that crucial necessity of love. But then she would go on to then feel divided and conflicted in her adolescence and adulthood. And contained within her shadow self could be actually all of these qualities that she had misconstrued as being negative because of what she had been taught growing up. But then by doing this shadow work, she could then step into self-actualization, you know, that full development of her talents and skills, the realization of her full potential. And I've had this feeling myself where I see what is limiting me and 
a lot of it is internal. It's it, it's not the opinion of my partner. It's not what anyone else is telling me about what I can do. It is always, always myself. And I think I'm realizing how negative and damaging really that can be, but how this shadow work as such can be the door that opens towards a, a more healed version of yourself. So in regards to compassion for oneself and others, I'll draw on a comment that was made many times by the retreat leader, Anna. She said, with such grace and humility, we are all human beings, no more and no less. And when we accept in ourselves the parts that we don't desire, the parts that we don't like, we better accept that in others too. We become less triggered by other people's personality traits or quirks and we see them as whole people facing their own difficulties just like you and just like me. So rather than condemning, judging that undesirable behavior and holding on to this place of moral superiority or righteousness, we can cultivate a greater awareness and understanding of why people do what they do. And do you know what? It feels so much better as well. You know, life feels so much more peaceful and joyful. And I know that that is something that we are all seeking. So I hope that this has brought you some little things to ponder at least, and that I'm bringing you a genuine and open voice. I'm putting my heart into this because you know, just like you, I am on this journey and I'm not there yet. I've still got stuff to process and that is completely normal. But if you can find, like me, some joy in the journey, in the process, I think that's a pretty good thing. So thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed it, leave a quick review where you're listening to this to give me all the warm fuzzies um, and share it with somebody who you think might be interested. And once again, high praise to you all for bravely continuing to show up for yourself and to do this work because I truly believe that it will lead you to a better life and lead us all to a better world as well. 